oh, that six letter C word, OMG. When you hear it, you cringe. You immediately think the worst and it strikes fear in most of us, in the heart of almost everyone who hears it. Yeah, we're talking about cancer. Oh my gosh. But what if you hear the word and they're talking not about somebody else, but they're talking to you about you and you haven't even had the chance to live life just yet. How do you deal? How do you respond? What do you do? Well, that's our conversation today on What's My Story. Hey, let's go. What's happening, everybody? Robert Kennedy III here, RK3, and welcome to another episode of the What's My Story podcast, the, sto the show where we share with you how people got from there to here, how they navigated pivotal moments in their lives to reach the success that they have now. I don't know about you, but I've been getting some phenomenal feedback about some of these stories and how they've really inspired people to step up from where they are from their challenges, from their struggles, from their situation to do something better. Because isn't that what life is about? Transformation, really doing something, making yourself better so that you can show somebody else how to be better as well. So let's chat about how to do that today. I'm got, I've got a great guest and I can't wait to share her with you. But before we get into that, I just want to remind you to hang out with me on Monday mornings at 8 a.m. We do our Monday morning get up show, the show that is designed not just for inspiration, but also for motivation and elevation designed to help you get started with your week. I want to share something with you. Check this out. Check this out. Oh, yeah. All right. I like it. <laughs> Guess what? Yesterday, I had the opportunity to ride. It was like 40 plus miles in New York City on what is called the NYC five borough bike tour. And it was phenomenal. It was fantastic. I loved it. And not only did I, I, I loved it, not just because it was a bike tour and it was good weather out there. I loved it because I was able to ride my bicycle down some of the very highways that my dad drove on when I was a little kid and they shut down, <laughs> they shut down the streets, they shut down the highways to let us ride and just literally take over New York City for a day. And so it was fabulous. It was amazing. And the reason that I did that was because I am getting to this place where whew, I've, got a, I've got a milestone birthday coming up. And for that birthday, we're going to be doing a century, 100 miles, and it's called Mission 50. And we don't have the the link below, but it's going to be in the show notes. We'd love your support. We'd love your conversation. We'd love your connection around this idea because we're starting this, we're doing this 100 mile fundraiser in support of minority youth, entrepreneurship and education. And if you go to rk3.live forward slash mission 50, I'll make sure that that's shown at the end of the show here, rk3.live forward slash mission 50. You can join us if you're in the state of Maryland, or you can just support us and maybe you may you might even want to ride along on your Peloton or something. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see what happens. <laughs> All right. But join us for the Mission 50 Century event on May 22nd, 2022. That's like three weeks away. So join us. Be a part of that. 
Last thing I want to share with you is we did a summit a couple of months ago. We had some phenomenal speakers, Delator McNeil, Lois Kramer, Tom Schwab, Kat Dunn, sharing with you how to grow your audience or what was, what are the words? I'm forgetting the fun words that we used, but attract your ideal audience, grow your visibility and generate more income using the one thing that's unique to you, your story. So if you want to get access to that, go to storyskills.club forward slash summit so that you can get access to all of the replays and just really experience what we experienced in that phenomenal day, story to stage summit. Don't forget we are not only sharing with you the video today for this conversation, but we've got the audio version that is coming out on Thursday. Every Thursday, 7 a.m., we release the audio version of this podcast. You can just go to what's my story podcast dot live and you can get connected there or you can go to your favorite podcast channels. iTunes, not iTunes anymore. Apple podcast, Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify. We are there with the what's my story podcast. I know, I know. Robert, shh, be quiet. You've talked enough today. Let's get to the story, dude. Let's do it. I am interviewing today Erin Lay, and Erin is a miracle maker. She's an entrepreneur. She is a best-selling author, the creator of the Life on Track coaching program, which is also, by the way, the name of her summit and TV show. Let's bring Erin on, and hey, Erin, what's your story? <laughs> Aaron, how you Hello. doing? How you doing, Robert? Thank you for and having me. I'm doing fantastic. What is the most exciting thing that's happening in your world right now? Oh, there's so many exciting things happening. Congratulations on your tour around yeah. my neck of the woods. Right. And uh, that's that's something that's extraordinary that you did. And the cause is beautiful. Um, I have a TV show that I launched in, in on Valentine's Day in February, Life on Track, personally and professionally, all about helping people not go back on track, but get on the track we were born into this world to be on. Yeah, and everybody's got their that. own God-given lane, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love it. I love it. I love it. So listen, I, I, I shared something with people at the beginning of the show really about cancer. A lot of us, I just kind of blurted it out there, and, and a lot of us tiptoe around the word, right? Because it's, it's scary. It's scary. But you had the situation where you didn't experience it at 60, 65 70 years old, you experienced it pretty early. Tell us about that moment, the situation, what was happening when you first heard that word applied to you? I was horrified, you know, and I screamed. And at the time in 1991, when I was 25, I was screaming only old people get cancer. Yeah. I didn't know anybody in my demographic at all, you know, that, that had cancer. And I saw commercials for St. Jude's and, but that was like, to me in a whole different world, you know, I didn't, I didn't understand any of it. I really thought it was just for old people. So that's basically what I screamed in the hospital. And uh, it took a little while. But now, in retrospect, it's one of the biggest blessings of my life. Yeah, yeah. Let me let me ask you, just for, for people that, um, for, for, what's the word that I want to use? For, to, to warn people in some ways. Did you go just because it was just a routine checkup? What made you decide to go? so that yeah. you you got this news in, in the in the first place. I was working on Wall Street. I had the Series 763, the insurance license. I tell the story all the time, power lunches yeah. and coughing. You know, yeah. and I just and I thought it was allergies and then the cough became like a croup cough and 
And I just thought it was allergies and I didn't really ever go to the doctor. I was never really sick. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so, and we had moved from Brooklyn to, to Long Island at the time to Garden City. So I didn't even have a, a doctor that was, you know, the um, general practitioner. So I ended up, I was at work and I was getting a pain down my arm with now with the cough. And I was like, whoa, my father had a heart attack and he's fine. Thank God he's 82 today, but he had a heart attack at 49. And I thought, what is this, you know, like the, the chest pain that I'm having now, the pain down my arm and this cough that won't go away. So I said, let me just go to the hospital, you know, just the, the emergency to have them check me out. And because I looked fine, Robert and everybody listening, just because we look fine doesn't mean that people shouldn't take it seriously. Wow. I was 25, vibrant, and the doctor thought I was just, I don't know, looking for attention or something. I have no idea what he was thinking. And I told him that I wasn't going to get off the, the bed, the hospital bed, until he did a chest x-ray. And he bet his doctor, and I love my doctors, but this one doctor bet his license that there was nothing wrong with me and it was a complete waste of time. And then the x-ray took, obviously it took longer than he expected. And he came back to my bed and said that, uh, in the emergency room and said that he believes what I had was, it was a shadow next to my heart. And he believed it was mitral valve prolapse, which he said is very common in women, just go see a cardiologist. And I was like, okay, I just believed him because he had the white coat on. I was like, all right. And um, so long story short, in a very short amount of time, I have what's called, or had what's called lymphoblastic lymphoma. And blastic means fast growing. So it went from a shadow next to my heart to like just within a week or so, crushing my windpipe when I laid down. So I had to go back to the emergency room and I was diagnosed with cancer. They weren't sure what kind it was yet. They just knew it was a rapid growing kind of cancer. Wow. And that's, that's how it started. Wow. So yeah, take, go ahead. Take precaution. Yeah. So, so this happens to you um, and you're 25 years old, barely started living life and you get this news what is going through your mind at this point? I mean, with regard to your goals or the plans that you've had for your life, what are you thinking? I think because everything was happening so quickly that, you know, I got past the whole fear thing of the cancer and I knew I had to become solution oriented because they, they would say things to me like, if the chemo doesn't work as fast as the tumor is growing, you're going to be dead in a month. Um, or they would say things like, if the cancer doesn't kill you, the protocol probably will. And so I knew, okay, this is all outside of my control. So I thought, because I was living based on what the outer world thought, you know, prior to the diagnosis, I started reading books like full catastrophe living by John Kabat-Zinn. I say it all the time. I love that book. And in the back of the book, it introduced me to mindfulness meditation. I got a cassette tape, you know, I ordered the cassette tape and I'm dating myself. <laughs> <laughs> and so I just read all these books, Shaki Gawain's creative visualization, you know, when I married medita uh, meditation with visualization and miracles started to happen. Like the, I'd had, I had a blood count, a white blood count of zero mm -hmm. and an infection and the doctors had no idea where the infection was coming from. So they came into my room after blood transfusions and horrific antibiotics. And uh, they told me I was going to die. They were crying, telling me I was going to die. And I was like, you didn't tell me about the whole inner world. You know, like I now know that there's so much more I can do for myself. And I want everybody listening. There's so much we can heal from within, you know, and there's so much more we can do for ourselves in conjunction with the doctors and, and the medicine and stuff like that. But it's, it's not that you have to give all your power away. This is the time when you really embrace that inner world, you embrace that power within. 
And that's what I did. And that's why they call me the miracle maker. Cause I kept living every time they said I was going to die. I mean, I just have three kids that they swore would never happen. And, uh, and they started the doctors at Sloan Kettering started having their patients call me at home. And that's how I started coaching in the nineties. And I loved it. I did it for free for years in the beginning, coaching cancer patients. And then the doctors told me I should be doing it for a living. And I thought this is too easy. <laughs> I was working on wall street before that. You know, that was hard and I thought work should be hard, but it was so easy and I loved it and I, I haven't stopped. Wow. So you go through all of this and you go through this miraculous moment, this miraculous transformation, and now you're being introduced to people um, to coach them for, for, for lack of a better way to say this. Um, what were some of the things that people were, were sharing with you? I mean, how... how how did you help them uh, develop the mindset that you developed? I mean, because everybody obviously has different different situations in their lives that when they get that type of news, how did you help them begin to develop the, the, the mindset that you developed? I found during this amazing time, again, which I refer to as a blessing mm -hmm. now, uh, because it, it, it introduced me to a whole world that I had no idea existed on the inside. So when, when now I'm in the position to help other people, I wanted them to know everything that I learned during that time. Like I, to this day, I'm 56 and I still want the whole world to know what I learned then. Cause I applied it to the cancer. I applied, I went through a tumultuous divorce, crazy, applied it to that and building my business, which is doing phenomenal. You know, when I'm working with a coach to scaling to seven and eight figures from nothing, you know, from scratch. And, but I kept applying these, these principles of meditating and visualizing self-doubt is a, a dream crusher. Mm -hmm. The minute you introduce self-doubt into your mindset, I'm all about mindset. Everything to me begins and ends with mindset. You know, everybody says, clear your energy. Well, clear your mindset and your energy will clear up. You know, like, like mindset to me is everything. And so self-doubt, like when people say, I don't know if I could do this. I don't know if I can handle the chemo. I don't know if I can, if I'm going to live, I don't know. That just, it's, it's a dream crusher. What I did back then. In two and a half years, when the protocol is over in two and a half years, where do you want to be, Aaron? You know, forget what everybody else is saying. They can see me, you know, gone and, and buried and where do you want to be? And I wrote a crystal clear vision of exactly where I wanted to be. So every decision I made throughout the day was in line with that ultimate destiny and beyond my wildest dreams. I was like, I have nothing to lose, you know? So with that confidence came. So that's what, and then I teach people how to create a crystal clear vision. I'm all about vision and decision. That's my thing. Vision and decision, create a crystal clear vision for your life. So the decisions you make throughout the day will not be wonky. They'll be in line with that ultimate destiny. Powerful. Yeah. I want to, I want to, I want to stick there for just a second. So a lot of times when we tell people to create a vision, there are some people that say, Oh my gosh, that makes so much sense. I have no idea what I want, or I have no idea what my vision should look like. How do you begin to direct people towards that vision when they're super unclear? Don't answer that just yet. We're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back and deal with that. Are you a content creator, speaker, or thought leader? Do you pull your hair out every time you try to edit a video or get really disappointed when your videos don't get the views you're hoping for? It's okay to admit that you need help. 
If you're ready to stop wasting time and start spreading your message, it's nice to meet you. I'm Kayla O'Brien of Kayla O'Brien Media. I help creators in a variety of businesses get a foolproof game plan for their video content. Does that sound like something you want? No matter where you're starting from today, you need to know what your goals are, how to get the highest production value, and how to edit your content to fit correctly on each platform. No matter what your budget, there are options that can help you get started today. If you're ready to take your content creation experience from this to this, visit KaylaO'BrienMedia.com and let's connect. Hey, if you want to make sure that you take your content creation from this, this to this, <laughs> make sure that you connect with Kayla O'Brien Media. She'll get you on target, on track, and on point. Especially now, content creation is huge. You know I believe in videos and stories. So make sure that you get some help, get someone who knows how to make you look good so that you can focus on what you do best. Let's get back to our story with Aaron Lay. Hey, yeah, so we asked this question about mindset and helping people to get to the place where they can make a vision or, or really choose a, a focus point, a destination for themselves. And so many people, because we've grown up in this space, we go to work and the vision is chosen for us, right? Yeah. We, the destination is chosen for us. When people get a chance to now think about what it is that they want to do, to ideate, to create, to envision, to imagine. A lot of people have lost or feel like they've lost that ability. And so they have no idea what they mean or how they can create a vision. How do you help people who feel stuck, unclear, lost, find a vision? I love this question. So it, it, everybody knows what they want, right? Everybody deep down inside, they, they really truly know what they want. It just becomes clouded by other people's beliefs that, that, that we take on, you know, so if we, if we want to be a race car driver, you know, but we were told growing up, it's too dangerous, it's too dangerous, too dangerous, but deep down inside, you want to be that race car driver, then all of a sudden you have the self-doubt that you could do it because it's going to be too dangerous. So I help people peel away the self-doubt, get beyond what they took on as far as other people's beliefs and what they can do and what they can't do, you know, because... I wrote about this the other day, the difference between a fixed mindset and a growth mindset is a fixed mindset says, I can't do it. And they truly believe that they can't do it. Where a growth mindset says, I can't do it yet. You know, so you just got to take those first uncertain steps, right? It's always first the courage, then the confidence. And just, you know, just put your foot in the water. What lights you up in the morning? What What is like breathing to you? You know, like like to me, like helping people at Sloan years ago was like, it was just too easy for me. I didn't think I could do that for a living because it was just too easy. So what is it that lights you up? You know, what is what experiences growing up did you love to do? And then the, we, we start with that and then we just peel away and, and reprogram the subconscious on the, the cell, on the belief system on what they took on over the years. So it's just it's just a matter of like thinking. Honestly, the first thing is just thinking about what excites you, what lights you up. I love when I get out of bed in the morning, I'm like so lit up because I love what I do. And I want that for everybody in the world, but only you can create it. You know, you can speak with me about it and we can develop it and build it. But you just, you need to quiet your mind long enough, like with meditation and ask the question, like at night before going to bed, 
what is it that lights me up? What do I love to do? You know, and then let your subconscious marinate on it. So then in the morning, when you wake up, all of a sudden these different ideas come to you. We don't know where ideas come from, but they do come. And it's, oh yeah, I, I used to love doing that. Oh yeah, I love to do that. And then things come to the surface and, and we just go from there. Yeah, I love what you said just now about creating that mental space because a lot of people, when you say to them, hey, what lights you up? They don't, they can't think about that and they get so tense and stressed out about it. And the reason is that we don't often give ourselves space and time to remember, to reflect and really bring to the forefront of our, our, our minds or even our conscious. My goodness, there was a time that I enjoyed coloring. <laughs> yes. there, was, there was a time that I enjoyed uh, riding my bicycle outside. There was a time when I enjoyed, you know, skipping rocks across a lake, right? A lot of times we don't give ourselves the space to remember any of those things. So you, you talked us through um, some of the different challenges that happened. You, you know, we talked about the cancer, you talked about uh, being a sing single mom. Um, yeah. How did these things really begin to help you focus on what you do now for other people? Well, also, let me just go back to the other thing really quick and throw something yes. like if you love to play Monopoly as a kid, <laughs> maybe yes. you love getting into real estate investing or, you know, banking or something like like just different things like that. Yeah. But um, yeah. with regards to strategies, do you mean like what yes. carried me through? It's that I give so much credit to meditation and visualization. I just did again after the divorce as a single mom and my kids were 10, 11 and 15 when it started. And now they're 19, 20 and 24. Um, but I did the same thing that I did with the cancer. You know, like at first I woke up with that fear, lack and scarcity because all of a sudden, like everything changed overnight. And um, it's, I actually stopped everything to focus on the family because my sister had been diagnosed with cancer at the same time and I became the point of contact. So I had to make sure my sister, Virginia, was taken care of with the doctors and stuff and then, you know, go to court for the divorce and then make sure and then help my kids, you know, because it was all me. And uh, so I stopped with work. I stopped everything temporarily. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, it's funny because when, when I was in ShopRite with my daughter and I had $5 in my pocket and again, I've been in my house fit for 25 years, you know, but cash wise, it was going to attorneys. It was going, it was just like, it was just going out the window. And so I, I was in ShopRite with my daughter and I had $5 in, in my pocket and the child support wasn't coming the way it's supposed to. And I was like, please just let it be enough for the milk and bread. Like I, I never had that. I never had that experience before, but I was like, oh my God. And I put my nose down walking out of shop, right? I was like, I will never have that feeling again. And I put my nose down and said, you know, you got to do what you did with the cancer. And I grew my business to six figures in a year and a half. And I have a coach now scaling me, you know, to, to seven and eight. But I, I literally, I used to wake up with that fear, lack and scarcity feeling of, oh, you know, and I'd go to sleep with that same thing of like, oh my God, you know, six months from now and like the fear just came in. Yeah. So I knew how to do what I did with the cancer. I meditated within the first 17 seconds of waking up. I had a crystal clear vision for exactly where I wanted to be, you know, uh, the following year. And so dating was non-negotiable. I was not going to date. I was just like, I was focused on making sure that my family was taken care of mm -hmm. and, um, you know, work-wise with business providing. And, and I did it. I did it. But I, I, and I, it only took 30 days, 30 days when I would wake up and I couldn't even bring on the feeling of fear. 
30 days. It's all it took to reprogram my subconscious out of the fear, lack, and scarcity and into an abundant mindset. Because once you acquire an abundant mindset and you can stay in the present moment in gratitude and in faith, then you attract to you the people, places, and things throughout the day that will keep you there. If you're in the present moment and you're in fear or lack and scarcity, you're going to attract to you the people, places, and things that will keep you stuck there. And if you have the feeling to go with that thought, you emotionalize that thought, it makes it that much more powerful, good or bad. So I knew I had to intentionally shift into gratitude and the abundant mindset. And like I said, after 30 days, I couldn't even bring the feeling on of, I was just so lit up about what I had going on and what was going on next, you know, because I was just through happenstance, meeting the right people, like even being on with you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I want to, you, you've mentioned meditation and mindset quite a bit here. And mm -hmm. I want to dig a little deeper there before we get, leave this, because a lot of people have misconceptions about meditation. They're not really clear on what it is. When you say the word meditation, they immediately jump to far Eastern mysticism or right. something else. Um, yeah. what, when you speak about meditation, um, Two, two questions inside of this. What is it that, that comes to mind for you? And also, what do you recommend for people who may be struggling with meditation as a strategy? Right. Meditation for me is life-saving. Mm -hmm. Meditation for me is grounding. It's getting centered. It's staying aligned with who I truly am. So I roam this planet freely as me, unapologetically as me, because I know I'm following the golden rule, you know, and I'm doing so with integrity. So if if somebody doesn't, if somebody if we don't resonate, that's fine. I'm okay. Like it's okay. But meditation keeps me grounded, keeps me aligned with who I truly am. And you don't have to be a monk in the Himalayas. You know, you don't have to go into the lotus position and, you know, crisscross applesauce and with the feathers <laughs> and you know how to like you, you could, I did it literally within the first 17 seconds of, and I still do of waking up with my cell phone. People say, don't have the cell phone in your room. I have it right next to me on my, on my nightstand because when I wake up in the morning, I go to YouTube and I put in the search bar, the meditations that I love doing, depending on what it is I want to meditate on at that time. And, uh, and that's what I do. And you could do it for, if you're not used to doing it, start with a three minute, like Deepak Chopra has a great three minute morning meditation right. for setting your intentions for the day, three minutes. So, and then you just gradually stretch it, you know, for three to five to 10, 20 minutes is great. You know, um, I also love doing Dr. Joe Dispenza's meditation. Sometimes they're like an hour. Uh, it's just Esther and Jerry Hicks have great law of attraction meditations, but, um, yeah, that's, that's what I do. And that's what it means to me. And it's powerful. Powerful. Yeah. yeah. I love it. I love it. Let's, let's turn towards your book. You've got something amazing that you're about to release and I want to have you share a little bit about it. As a matter of fact, you've got a gift for people, work, love, a love story. I love it. I love it. So I want you to talk about that. What, what people need to do to get this gift from you with, with this book. Okay. So thank you for bringing this up. So with the, um, with the pandemic and the way I live my life, I'm very solution based, solution oriented with worry. The one thing we have full control over is our, when the thoughts come into our head, what we do with them, what we entertain. So I know, and I want for everybody to, to understand that when you could switch into a place of love instead of a place of fear, then you're going to create a beautiful life for yourself. You know, like you can't not, you, you, you will, you will attract to the right people, places and things. 
So when the pandemic happened, I thought, what's the creative opportunity here? You know, instead of going at like the sky is falling, I'm in, in New York and a lot of, there was just crazy stuff happening like everywhere. But um, instead of the sky is falling, I thought, what's the creative opportunity here? And people were losing their jobs and businesses were closing, you know, here in my neighborhood and town and all over the place. And, uh, and I thought work love, because now people were isolated. You know, they were at home, they felt disrespected, they felt just disheveled and yeah, it was just not a good thing. And I thought, you know what? I want to bring the culture of love into the workplace, even if it's through emails, you know, like I want people to feel connected through love. Listen, generosity is great. Kindness is great. That's all great. But when you can envelop all of it in a culture of love, it becomes so powerful. So work love is my first fictional book for adults. And it's about, you know, building, building team communities and, and, uh, just again, fostering the culture of love and respecting people for their roles, you know, instead of, instead of being jealous or envious of what other people are doing, I would say, stay in your lane. Everybody's got their own God given gifts and allow everybody around you to show up as the best version of them. That's love. And when you could do that at work, work, it, it becomes like such a great place that you want to go to because you feel accepted, respected and loved. So that's what this book is all about and team building and uh, not going through burnout and all that kind of stuff. So I have a free gift for you guys. If you go to worklove.com slash free worklove, L-U-V, it's all one word, W-O-R-K-L-U-V.com slash free, you'll receive my book uh, for free and bring it into, bring it into your, your business and, uh, and let me know, email me and let me know what you think. Love it. Love it. Aaron, this has been fantastic. I know that people have, uh, some people are in the comments, uh, what a miraculous blessing, self-doubt is a dream crusher, um, you know, connections, you'll never work a day in your life if you think the way that you talked about. So I know that people found great value in this already today. Tell us where we can find you online. What's the easiest way to touch bases with you? Well, AaronLay.com is my website. And I'm on Facebook, Erin Heenan Lay. Heenan's my maiden name. Erin Heenan Lay, Erin Lay Empowerment is Instagram, LinkedIn, Erin Lay. I'm everywhere. <laughs> you, right. can, you can find me anywhere and everywhere. <laughs> You're not hiding. You're not hiding. No. All right. <laughs> well, listen, I love it. Thank you so much for hanging with us today. Hang in the green room for just a moment. And Thank we are going to wrap this thing up. Thank you. Listen, life is a journey. Life is an, an amazing journey, and it can be a full journey, whether it's short or long, it can be full and just meaningful if you decide intentionally that you are going to take it on. The challenge for a lot of us is that we have given away our power. We've given away our, our ability to create and our imagination. We've given that away to somebody else because in some ways it's a little bit easier. I won't lie to you. Living with intention is work. Living in a way that brings you full joy and full uh, authenticity and full actualization. There's some work involved, but that doesn't mean the work has to be negative feeling work. That doesn't mean the work has to be sad work. It can be good work. It can be good work. And it can be the work that you take on to make a difference in the life of somebody else. Because, hey, your life is a story that's meant to transform the life of somebody else. Everything that happens to you in life is your stuff. Your stuff is your story. And as we say every week, your story deserves a stage. So get on out there and tell it, will you?
I'll see you next time on the What's My Story podcast. What's my story?